All right, all right. Uh, uh, crowd participation. What's up, Brian? Crowd participation here by a show of hands, by a show of hands. How many of you have fears? How many of you have fears? Show of hands. How many of you have fears? All right. All right, those of you that are honest because you're in church, you have fears. Those of you that didn't raise your hand, well, <clears throat> you're just fearful to let people know you don't have, or that you do have fear. So we called you out. We were in church. We got you. We called you out. We, 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 we know that we all have fears. We all have uh, fears in our life. And again, as a matter of participation, as a matter of therapy, what we're going to do is on a count of three, we're going to yell out, we're going to scream out our Fears. I know we're adults and we're not supposed to do this in church, but hey, I make our kids scream so I can make you guys scream, all right? So, so on a count of three, we scream out, we yell out our fears. One, two, three, bees! All right. Isn't that feel so much better, so much better to get that off of your chest, off of your shoulders is the first step and your neighbor does not know that you fear or what you fear. And, and mine, 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 mine is, is bees, is bees, all right? And people ask, so are you allergic to bees? No, I'm just allergic to pain, all right? I don't like pain and so bees, stinger, pain, not good, all right? That's, that's, and, 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 or really anything with a stinger, anything with a stinger. I mean, wasps aren't any better, okay? And, 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 and maybe it stems from, you know, I was stung on the lip as a two-year-old, as a two-year-old, you know, as I've just got deep emotional pain due to that as a, as a, as a two, two-year-old over at Fast Night Park. And the only time I've ever gotten stitches was also at Fast Night Park. I don't go there anymore. Uh, I have a fear of Fast Night Park. And so, uh, that's in, for those of you, it's in Springfield. Okay. Uh, and, 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 and so, I don't like bees. Probably most of us, most of the fears that we were bold enough to say, bold enough to say this morning were external fears. Why do I call external fears? Something that would happen to us. I think I heard a spider in there somewhere. My dad is fearful of spiders. He's not in here yet, and he can't hear me, I know. And so he's deathly fearful of spiders. I think I remember a story one time of them going to a hotel room. He pulled them back to covers, and there's a spider in their bed. I think an umbrella lost its life in the aftermath of that, all right? And so spiders, bees, hides, external things. But we also have internal fears as well, don't we? Internal fears, things that we battle with inside. Mine is fitting in. Mine is fitting in. And it, it stems from, it stems from uh, moving to Bolivar in, in the middle of the fourth grade and never really feeling like I fit in. And my guess is, is that probably Republic would have the, that same type of problem of moving into, of fitting in. We all have our e- internal fears, but because we live in Bible Belt, suburbia Bible Belt of America, we hide those, right? We hide those. Fear isn't anything new. Fear isn't anything new. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 41, 700s B.C. talked about fear. And 2,700 years removed from it. We still deal with it, right? 
Phil preached last week of formed righteousness, and he did a great job about talking about the righteousness that God gives and the righteousness that, that, that then God continues to form. But what did God tell Abraham right off the bat? I am your shield. I am your shield. I'm your protection. And then he gives him righteousness. That isn't a coincidence. Because Paul later describes righteousness as a breastplate. It's a breastplate. It protects us. And so piggybacking off of that, we, we, we now go into a formed courage where, where, where we have these fears in life. And how do we get the courage to move on? How do we get the strength? How is God really our shield when we are fearful and weak and we have enemies pressing in on us? Rather, people enemies or just situational enemies pressing down on us. How do we get the courage to move forward? Isaiah 41 verse 1. Listen in silence before me. You lands beyond the sea. Bring your strongest arguments. Come now and speak. The court is ready for your case. Who has stirred up this king from the east, rightly calling him to God's service? Who gives this man victory over many nations and permits him to trample their kings underfoot? With his sword, he reduces armies to dust. With his bow, he scatters them like chaff before the wind. He chases them away and goes on to safety, though he is walking over unfamiliar ground. Who has done such mighty deeds, summoning each new generation from the beginning of time? It is I, the Lord, the first and the last. I alone am he. The entire nation... All the nations of the earth during this time period had a fear. They had an enemy. It was from the east. It was King Nebuchadnezzar coming in from Babylon. And his one goal was take over the world. Destroy anybody. If you want to stand and bow your chest at me, I will roll over you. And all the nations of the world were fearful of Nebuchadnezzar. And God is saying, he's a real fear. It's a real fear. He's evil, wicked, nasty, and bad. He is the man, and he will overtake the entire world. And people are coming, especially God's people are coming to God and going, how, how, how could it, this type of guy take over the world? How could this type of guy take over your people, God? Do you know who we are? Have you forgotten about us? Do you love us? We are fearful. We're terrified. We're trembling in our boots. And it seems like you're nowhere to be found. And the entire, the, all the nations of the globe, which at that point in time and to this, this mind frame was the Middle East, all the nations there in the Middle East were scared and terrified of this king. Is God there in the middle of our fears? And here's what God says to that. Show up in court. If you, want, if you want to accuse me, let's go. Let's show up in court. Here is why he is taking over. I'm doing it. It's for my purposes. But this is happening. Some of you know, when I said that, I just kicked over a theological can of worms. Some of you are like, huh? You prayed her off. How on earth can God's purposes be seen in evil, be seen in bad? We have pretty much two options. 
Evil can just be evil. Sin can just be sin. And it ends there. And we just have to deal with it. When somebody else sins against us, when somebody else shows evil towards us, it's just evil. Have to move on. Get over it. Or we have another option. We have another option. This is the option that God talks about right here. It's not just evil. It doesn't just end there. That's not the end of the story. Even though I never do evil, and I never cause evil in anybody, I will use evil for my purposes. See, the first thing that we need to know when we are going through a fearful time is that God is active even in the bad. God is moving even in the bad. This is what he's telling Israel. I'm moving. It is my purposes. I am moving even though this is bad. We're going to get to the end. If I, hopefully I remember. I'm going to get at the end. Come back to the story of Babylon taking over and show how God was using Babylon to fulfill his purposes. But what do you fear? Why do you fear it? He is still moving, even though the bad that has happened to every one of us. And we have pretty much two options. We pretty much have two options on how to react to this. Isaiah 41.5, the lands beyond the sea watch in fear. So there are nations that are watching this Nebuchadnezzar dude, and, 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 and they're watching in fear. What do they do? Remote lands tremble and they mobilize for war. They start to bow up and they start to get their armies ready. And they start to, start to try and defend their nation. The idol makers encourage one another. See, that's not enough though. That's not enough. They know that's not enough. They know that, that this guy will mow over their army. So they've got to do something else. The idol makers encourage one another, saying to each other, Be strong. Be strong in our fear. What do they do? The carver encourages the goldsmith and the molder helps at the anvil. Good, they say. It's coming along fine. Carefully, they join the parts together. They fasten the thing in place so it won't fall over. What do these other nations do? They look at Nebuchadnezzar. They're trembling in their boots. They man up. They bow up. They get their army together. They look around and go, not with you guys. And the idol makers go, I got an idea. Let's make our God stronger. Let's make our wood God silver. Let's make our silver God gold. Let's, 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 let's fasten him to the ground even harder. Some other translations say, say hammer him strongly into the ground. Hammer the idol strongly into the ground. And then, then we'll get up and go, come on, Nebuchadnezzar. We got our army. We got our God. They're going to make us strong. We have one option. We have an option of making our idols stronger. But that's fool's gold. It's fool's gold. It looks good for a little bit, but it's highly disappointing very quickly. See, fear makes us dry. Fear makes us dry on the inside. So when we look over our life and look over our fear, going to idols is like spray painting our grass green. They really make this stuff. You go out to a hardware store, or my grass is brown, I need, to, I need to spray paint my grass green. 
works temporarily, but it's highly disappointing. It's highly disappointing. Or, 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 maybe this will hit closer to home, I don't know, but uh, we go to the, to, the, to the hardware store, we can go to the, uh, the, the uh, uh, pharmacy and grab some hair spray. No, 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 not, not, not what keeps your hair intact, what actually makes it look like you have more hair. And spray. Temporary fix, but highly disappointing in the end. That's what idols are. They're fool's gold. Temporary fix looks good to begin with, but highly disappointing in the end. But, but we say, oh, hold on here. I, I don't put up idols. I don't make up idols. I don't, I don't put idols up on my mantle. Now, we have way more sophisticated idols in the 21st century. Let's start easy. Let's start with something that we can even laugh at. The idol. The idol. A five-gallon tub of ice cream. Right? We have our fear. We're scared. So we grab the five-gallon tub of ice cream to, to eat the fear away. None of us have that, right? Nobody's laughing. I don't know. Or, 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 the idol of TV and entertainment, Facebook. See, we turn on the TV in order to watch somebody else have courage to overcome their fears because we can't. And we drown the night away in entertainment because I'm too scared to live my life. Those are easy, right? Those are, those are easy. We can smile about those. Alcohol. Go to every bar in America. you find people drowning away their fear, right? Maybe we've been there before. Maybe we're there right now. Or because we're suburbia, Bible Belt, America, we go to church, be behind closed doors. Life is too fearful, so we're just going to drown it away. Or relationships or sex. Does he love me? Does she love me? Well, this will prove it. All that feels good for a while and all that looks good for a little bit, but it's highly disappointing the next morning, isn't it? Or one that, that, that I'm susceptible to, I think, uh, anyway... Because of fitting in of achievement and reward and applause and fame and prestige. Because once we hit the level, is that really enough? Feels good for a little bit, but then we've got to have the next level to fit in with people. See, these are all idols that we make up today in order to hide behind. Now, any of those, are they bad in and of itself? five-gallon tub of ice cream, is that bad in and of itself? No, God made ice cream. Now the whole tub, that's, that's not good. TV, some entertainment. God created us to be entertained, but to drown away our fears in entertainment isn't the idea of entertainment. Alcohol, I know this is, this is highly 
maybe controversial or whatever, but the Bible only forbids drunkenness. Relationships and sex, is that bad? A lot of you are going, I hope not. Working hard and, and, and making a living and, and doing well at your job, is that bad? No. But if achievement is your idol, we're putting that before God. And so this is what the nations were doing in order to, to hide behind their dry grass. They were spray painting their grass. And this is the same thing we do to spray paint our grass because we live in suburbia, churched America, Bible Belt America, and we like to spray paint our grass and hide behind the goodness of life. And maybe even religion showing up at church is our idol that we're hiding behind our fears. And if we just show up to church... We look good enough and our grass is spray painted just enough to make people think we have it all together. Now that's one option. That's one option. And I hope that I painted it in such a way that our heart screams out, I no longer want that option or I, ha- I do not want that option. Is there another way? Say a 41.8. But as for you, the other nations are doing this. The other nations on this earth are doing this. But as for you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, my chosen one. Now, I, I know in America, we, we look at the word servant or we're look at the word slave and go, ah, no, 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 no. But these are terms of endearment. I chose you. I adopted you. Descended from my Abraham, my friend you're my friend you're like no 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 i can't be a friend of god go read john 15 the idol makers encourage one another or i'm sorry uh, i i have called you back from the ends of the earth saying you are my servant for i have chosen you and 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 will not throw you away I have not thrown you away. Yes, things have gotten bad. Yes, there's something to fear. Yes, you have a real enemy breathing down your neck. And yes, your nation will no longer be a nation, but I will not throw you away. And some of you showed up this morning just to hear that phrase. I, God, will not throw you away. I, God, have not thrown you away you are going through a fearful time but i have not thrown you away somebody has sinned against you you've dealt with abuse you're dealing with cancer you have your own sin that's ravaging fear inside of you i have not thrown you away do not be afraid for i am with you do not be discouraged For I am your God. I will strengthen and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God does not hide the fear. But in the middle of the fear, he tells us, I am not throwing you away. I have not gone anywhere. I am with you and I will make you victorious because of my right hand. That was the hand of power. Because of my right hand, I'm not going to throw you away. I am not going to go away from you. I am going to make you victorious. God alone forms the courage in us. 
in the middle of our fear. He doesn't hide. He doesn't hide the fear. He doesn't make the enemies necessarily go away. The enemies of God did not, or of Israel, did not go away. In fact, the enemies of God had their way with Israel, but God said, you will still be be victorious. You're like, how on earth can that happen? Isaiah 41.11. See? All your angry enemies lie there, confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to nothing. For I hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, do not be afraid. I am here to help you. I am here to help you. Maybe some of you have, have experienced this with a time of fear in, in, in your life, where your time that you, you had enemies breathing down your neck and you were fearful, but, but you hung with God and you stuck in there and, and you kept following God. That one day, one day, you looked around you and you go, wait a minute, hold on a second. That thing I feared, it's not there anymore. I don't know where it went. I don't know when it went away, but it's not there anymore. And this is what God's talking about to Israel, that that, that there's going to be a day you're going to look around and go, my enemies aren't there anymore. Where did they go? I'm not sure when they left. I'm not sure when they went away or why they went away, but they're not there anymore. God's like, yeah, I, I took him out back. Kind of like an Italian mobster, you know. Where did Guido go? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Don't ask any more questions. Yes, God is like an Italian mobster. I just said that. Also, also, also. I love this next f- phrase. Though you are a lowly worm. Oh, thank, thank, thank you, God. I appreciate it. Like, Here's what he's doing. We have to remember where we came from in order to know where we get courage from. I don't know many worms that are courageous in and of themselves. Don't be afraid, people of Israel, for I will help you. I am the Lord, your Redeemer. I am the Holy One of Israel. You will be like a new threshing instrument with many sharp teeth. The first time I read this, all I could think about was, I'm a piranha. I'm a piranha. I'm a piranha. God wants to make us a piranha. He wants to give us teeth in order to tear your enemies apart, making chaff of mountains. What did Jesus say? Faith like a mustard seed, you can see mountains moved. You will toss them into the air and the wind will blow them all away. A whirlwind will scatter them. Then you will rejoice in the Lord. You will glory in the Holy One of Israel. God wants to make you a piranha in order for you to chew through your enemies. But, 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 we have to be able to define this accurately. You're like, oh, the cancer will go away. Oh, the enemy will go away. Hold on, it's just a second. Israel, after Babylon comes through, in, in, in 500s B.C., when Babylon comes through and takes over Israel, Israel never becomes a sovereign state again until 
42. They never defeat an enemy again. And it's really probably debatable whether they really defeated an enemy in 1942, but that's history class, not here. So, so, if God's saying that he's going to allow them to chew through their enemies, however, they never defeat an enemy again, what does that really look like? For our lives, that doesn't necessarily mean the cancer is going away. That doesn't necessarily mean the economy is going away or our 401k is going to bounce back to where it was once before or that we made this bad financial decision and God's going to make us rich again. Like, again? Anyway, that doesn't mean that the consequences of our sin are necessarily going to go away. Here's what this means, that God will give us the teeth to get through today. That he's going to give us the teeth to chew up our enemy and to chew up our fear today. The end of Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, 31. We took a look at this a few weeks ago. I'm God. I'm going to be with you. And you're going to soar with wings like eagles. You're going to run and not grow faint. You're going to walk and not grow weary. And we added another one, right? You're going to be able to crawl. You may not be soaring, you may be crawling, but I'm going to give you the teeth enough to chew your fear enough in order to give you the ability and the strength to crawl today. To crawl today. God's given me some crawl days lately. Get out of bed and be able to do just enough to go, I I, I crawled today. God gave me the strength to crawl today. Maybe that's where we are in our fear, in our life. Because we all deal, deal with fear. God's not going to necessarily make the enemy go away, but He will give us enough strength and enough teeth to be able to chew up the enemy for today. But that's not all. That's not all. Isaiah 41, 17, When the poor and needy search for water, and there is none, and their tongues are parched from thirst, then I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will never abandon them. I will open up rivers for them in the high plateaus. I will give them fountains of water in the valleys. I will fill the desert with pools of water. Rivers fed by springs will flow across the parched ground. I will plant trees in the barren desert. Cedar, acacia, myrtle, olive, cypress, fir and pine. I am going, uh, I'm doing this so all who see this miracle will understand what it means, that it is the Lord who has done this, the Holy One of Israel who created this. This is a theme in this section of Isaiah, that you are dry and fear makes us dry, but I am going to be the everlasting water that comes and floods your life. At first, it's going to feel just like a few drops of, few drops of water. Like, God, I had any more than that. My, my, my ground's thirsty. My ground is bare. My ground is dry. I've got some spray paint ready for, to spray on it if you need me to. God's like, no, 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 hold on. It's going to start out with a sprinkle and just a few drops of rain. But before you know it, there's going to be a flood of God's everlasting water come on your life and, 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 and resuscitate life and courage inside of you. That's the promise of God. He doesn't make the fear go away. He doesn't make the enemy go away. He just gives us courage in the middle of our fear.
See, that's the difference between an idol and God. The idol says, I'll make the enemy go away. I'll make the fear go away. Spray paint. Look, your grass is green. God's like, that's bad. It's pretty dry, isn't it? It's real. Fear's real. Enemy's real. How about some water on that? Idols produce temporary pleasure and long-term disappointment. God may provide some, di- some short-term disappointment. Where's the flood you promised God? But long-term pleasure. From God's refreshing spring that he rolls over our life. Why did you do this? Did you do this for our sake alone? We get the benefit of it? Absolutely. But it's not for our sake alone. He hides it in one place and then he outright says it in another. Then you will rejoice in the Lord. You will glory in the Holy One of Israel. Glory we, we, you know, we throw this, we're church, we're religious people, we throw this around all, glory to God, right? And the more syllables we make glory in God have, the more spiritual we are, right? Glory to God. What does glory mean? I don't know, I just say it and add a couple of O's and, you know, I'm spiritual. What glory is, is making the invisible visible, Making the invisible visible. We all know that the sun, we cannot see the sun, right? We cannot see sunlight until it hits something. Then when it hits some clouds, what happens? We call that a beautiful sunset. We're the clouds, God's the sun. People today cannot see God until he hits something. So there's people all around us that are fearful, but they're going to hide it. Why? Because we live in suburbia, Bible Belt, America. It's the most infuriating thing ever. Living in New York. People came straight up, came out with their fears, with why they don't like God, with why don't they don't like church. Here we live in Bible Belt. We're supposed to hide. People that we go to work with, go to school with, that we live next to, have hidden fears. And God wants to hit our life and intersect our life in such a way that we make Him visible in the middle of our fear. So that, so that our neighbors, our co-workers go, I've tried this spray paint thing and it doesn't look like you're spray painting. What is going on? What makes you courageous in the middle of your fear? Your cancer hasn't gone away. Your thing hasn't gone away. The economy hasn't gone away. This hasn't gone away. That hasn't gone away. But you're courageous. Why is that? But they're not going to ask you. They're not going to ask you. We have to interact in, in their life in such a way that we care about their fears. And we make an invisible God visible. And then later on, he says this straight out. I am doing this so that all who see this miracle will understand what it means. When God brings refreshment in the middle of our fears, that's a miracle. 
We're waiting for the check in the mail and go, God gave me a miracle. No, the refreshment in the middle of our fear, that's a miracle. So that, that they will say that this, it is the Lord who has done this. The Holy One of Israel who created it. He wants the nations to look in at Israel and go, whoa, hold on here. Hold the phone. What kind of God that you got? We built our God, but you don't have a God that we can see. Why are you courageous? And you go, it's a miracle of God that he has given me the courage in the middle of my fear. And so that the people around us can go, hold the phone. What's going on with your life? And again, they're not going to ask it. We're going to have to interact and engage with their life in order to make the hidden visible. And when we make their hidden visible, they're going to find the invisible God visible in their life so how on this earth can we make a visible god visible you're talking nonsense how do we do that how, how do we how do we get an invisible god like not even make him visible into somebody else's life how do i get an invisible god to make himself visible in my life. Most of you know, unless you're just brand new here, I referee soccer. I'm going to Drury today to, 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 to do that this afternoon. I was at Drury on Friday. And maybe Jack can amen this. He coaches football. Coaches and players think the referees step off the Mars space shuttle in order to referee the game. They have no clue what's going on. So in the men's game, uh, soccer's different than basketball, football, that out of bounds is the entire of the ball goes over the, 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 the line, it's out, no matter if it's touched the ground or not. That's different than football, basketball. And so the keeper went up, jumped up, caught it, and then because of momentum, his body stayed inside and wrists up was out of bounds. So I called it. Out, change of possession, corner kick. Him and one of his defender buddies decided to lecture me on the rule of out of bounds. What's humorous about this is that this is covered in the very first day of your entry clinic to soccer refereeing that I took in 1994. If they were freshmen and sophomores, they were not born when I took that class. What gives an official the confidence or the courage to make a call in a highly tested conference game? Knowing the rules. Presence. Experience. Knowing the rules. Presence. Experience. How do we get an invisible God to give us courage? Knowing the rules. Presence, experience. God's outlined exactly how he wants this life to look like through his word. Coming and letting his word rain on us, refreshes us, not just to know it, but to get it in us to refresh us.
so that we know what life is supposed to look like. And this is why we provide cheat sheets for you. So that we have put in your hands a, study, a Bible reading plan to allow God to refresh you. Well, I don't understand it all. Neither do I. Congratulations. You're in the majority. Like, majority is in 100%. Read. Get what you understand. Throw away the rest. The next time you read, you'll understand a little bit more. Presence. God's already promised His presence in our life. But are we making our presence known to Him through prayer? Are we present with God in prayer? Experience. You ever wonder why God says, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, I'm the first and the last? Basically, it's God's way of saying, I've been there, done that, I've got that t-shirt. I've seen it all. Nothing's going to surprise me. And so we come together in community in order to experience God here and now, but also to be able to hear how other people have experienced God to give us courage. Because we always receive courage when we see that video or hear that testimony or, or, or that person say, this is how God gave me courage in the middle of my fear. That gives us a little bit of courage. It encourages us, doesn't it? To be able to come together in community and hear each other talk about how God has helped them and been with them. But also to read the stories of old of how he has encouraged and, and given courage to the people in the Bible. But also stories of yesterday. It encourages us. How do we make an vi- invisible God visible in our life? Through his word, through prayer, through community. It's, it's always mystified me. And I understand it, I understand it, but at the same time, I don't understand it. When, when I'd lead a small group and somebody would say, hey, look, I've had a rough day today. I'm just going to stay at home. I'm going, wait a minute, hold on, time out. You're going to stay at home and eat your five-gallon tub of ice cream? Or are you going to come and engage with a group of Jesus followers, Jesus people who can encourage you? the same with Sunday morning, right? Community is designed to make the invisible God visible to even those who follow Him. But Babylon takes over the known world at that time. They, they rule the world. But that ticked off a moment of history that really culminated with the Pax Ramona. R- R- <laughs> I can't say it. The Roman peace. See, Babylon flattened the world in order to allow the Romans to come in and eventually build the highway system that allowed the word of God and the church to expand to all of the known world at that time. Makes our fears look pretty small. And in 700 B.C., this little nation had some fears. And God said, no, no. This is bigger than you. This is about my church. This is about my word. This is about my son. And what he's doing in every one of our lives is forming a courage that is about his church, 
that is about His Word, that is about His Son. And the advancement of each one of those into the lives of non-fans. So as we close, two questions. Two questions to think about right now as we, as we, are, uh, as we begin to sing and pray. Two questions now, two questions on the ride home, two questions over lunch, two questions in your, in your small group. What fear do you have? Not, not external fear. What internal fear do you have? One that paralyzes you. And what does it mean to you that God will form His courage inside of us and inside of you? Let me read one more passage. Isaiah 45, 22, and 24. Just a couple chapters later. Let all the world look for me for salvation. For I am God. There is no other. The people will declare, the Lord is the source of all my righteousness and my strength or courage. And all who are angry with him will come to him and be ashamed. God's like, okay, you're angry with me? That's fine. Just come to me. Those of you that might say, I'm a non-fan. I'm just kicking this ty- the church tire thing and I'm just trying to figure this thing out. Fine. Maybe you're angry with God. Fine. He's like, just come to me. I will give you salvation. I will give you righteousness. I will give you courage. So what is he doing in your life right now that is forming courage inside of you? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. I just pray, Lord, that you will form the courage inside of us to get through today. Help us to know what you're doing there. Lord, I just pray that you will send rivers of of everlasting water over people's lives in this moment. That they will experience that and experience you in their life, moving in their life for all of us. It's your name that I pray. Amen.